Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Listed by Veg News among the top 10 living vegetarian authors and voted PETA's sexiest vegan over 50 in 2016, Victoria Moran has written 13 books, including Main Street Vegan and Creating a Charmed Life. She was featured twice on Oprah. By the way, she told me that I was the best interviewer after Oprah. Thank you very much. She's been vegan for 38 years, and she is an obesity survivor, and she's the founder and director of the Main Street Vegan Academy. Today, we had a lot of fun. We did a deep dive into her past. Like I loved her Andrea Zuckerman, Woodward, and Bernstein like zest for following a story. I had learned about her chance encounters with the Beatles, her journey into plant-based living, and learned all about her brand new show, Meetings with Remarkable Women. But first, Food Heals Nation, if you're like me, you like high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, vegan, skin-loving ingredients with no parabens, no sulfates, no phthalates, and anything that's cruelty-free is all right with me. And I just left Dallas and I arrived in Mexico, Woohoo! and I'm heading to Asheville next for a wedding. So I could not be more grateful for their liquid lash mascara. Because let me tell you, these lashes need a lot of love when I'm in public and on vacation. So I'm using my liquid lash mascara and it is super lengthening. It looks like eyelash extensions, but it's not. There's no glue. There's no expensive salon prices. It's just beautiful. It doesn't clump. It doesn't smudge. It doesn't flake. I'm in hot environments. Like if I sweat, usually I have black running down my eyes, which is why I don't wear a lot of eye makeup. But this liquid lash extensions mascara from Thrive Cosmetics actually stays on. It like literally looks great even in the heat, even in the humidity. I just got to Mexico and I'm good. I still look cute. And if you want to look cute and support a brand that gives back, I love their bigger than beauty cause for every product purchase. Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive, and they have helped over 300 giving partners across the country and support various numerous causes. That's a cause I can get behind. So now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash Food Heals, that's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Food Heals for 15% off 
your first order. And don't forget to try the Brilliant Eye Brightener, their cream to powder highlighting stick, which brightens and opens the eyes, giving you an instant eye lift, and the Liquid Lip Balm Treatment, which is a leave-on serum treatment that nourishes and restores dull, dehydrated lips. Yes, I need that in this Mexico sun. Thank you so much, Thrive Cosmetics, for that amazing discount code. Again, thrivecosmetics.com slash foodheals will get you 15% off your first order. All right, next up, my interview with Victoria. Roll it, Roxy. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. All right, Food Hills Nation, please join me in welcoming Victoria Moran to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yes, thanks for coming back. You are on one of our Ask Ali Q&A episodes, so we'll get more into that later. But what I would love to start out with you today, Victoria, is take us back. How did you become an author? How did you get into this Main Street veganism with your books and academy and all that good stuff? Oh, wow. That does span quite a bit of time. I'll try to put it on a fast mode. So (laughs) I can do words. And I knew even as a small child, I could write and I could speak. And many other things were very, very problematic. I'm not one of those Renaissance people with all kinds of gifts, but words have always been my thing. Words and I think also an abiding interest in the big picture. Why are things the way they are? What does life mean? What's it all about? So Mm -hmm. with that combination, I was a very weird little kid, uh, not popular (laughs) in school, as you might imagine. I was one of the kind of dreamy kids. But I did go far with writing. And when I was 14, I started writing professionally. So now I'm going to totally tell you my era and, and that was the era of the Beatles. That was when the Beatles first came to America. I got a $1 press card that any little girl could get, and lots had them. But I was very serious about mine, and I used it. And I actually managed to get into my first Beatles press conference at age 14, the next, what? Yep. what? Wait, okay. I have to pause really quick. Okay. What is a $1 press card? I mean, this, I've never heard of this and I need to know everything. Well, you know, it's from an earlier era. So it'd probably be like 20 today and it would come from a website. But at that time, magazines were the thing. In fact, magazines okay. have meant so much in my life that I still sometimes will just go to a newsstand just so that I can turn those shiny pages. But when I was a teenager. We got all of our news about beauty and fashion and and music and and the rock groups that we were interested in through these magazines. And this one called Teen Life made this offer. You can be a stringer. So you could write about if some band came to your area, maybe you'd got a picture or whatever, and, and you could write that up. But to me, once I had that, I was a professional journalist and treated Victoria, this it. is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I'm so <laughs> excited for this story. I would have died for this as a kid. Okay. Okay. Well, then I'll actually tell you the story of how I got in if you want okay, to okay. know yeah, that. I want all the details. Okay. So um, this was the Beatles' first tour of the States. And wow. their their tour was established. And my hometown, Kansas City, was not on it. So I actually had gone to Denver 
and, and mm-hmm. seen them perform at Red Rocks Amphitheater because I didn't think yeah. I would see them in Kansas City. But in the meantime, the man who owned the Kansas City baseball team at the time, the KC Athletics, later the Oakland Athletics, uh, a man named Charlie Finley, a kind of bigger than life character that a lot of people didn't like, but he had this great <laughs> personality offered the Beatles the most money that any band had ever been paid in history to perform anywhere. In other words, he made them an offer they couldn't refuse. So they tacked Kansas City on as the last stop on their tour. So as part of the Beatles fan club, I had met with him with with some of the other Beatles fan club executives. (laughs) And we'd, we'd given him a box of chocolates. We'd given him a plaque. So completely... Uh, not connected with that. I had worked with the editor of Teen Life with the Beatles um, press agent, uh, uh, Derek Taylor, and everything was set. I had my official letter. I was supposed to be there. However, the off-duty police officer who was guarding everything had strict rules, no teenagers on the elevator. In fact, I'm not really sure how I even got into the hotel because there were thousands of girls across the street behind ropes. So I tried to call the editor and she tried to call the press agent. But of course, he was busy and we didn't have cell phones in those days. So I was standing in the lobby, kind of praying and kind of figuring out what would I do. And in comes Mr. Finley with a Playboy bunny on his right arm. And I went up to him and showed him my press card and showed him my official invitation letter. And I said, I was there when we gave you the plaque. I am supposed to be at that press conference. And he looked me up and down. I was not an attractive kid. I was trying to do the clothes, but I was a little bit overweight. I had bad skin. I didn't know what to do with my hair. But he looked me up and down and he said, okay. Just don't say anything. Well, we got there and I couldn't have said anything anyway, because once they came in and I was six feet from Paul McCartney, I was (laughs) stunned into silence. Right. (laughs) And I'll just, there's, there's more and I'll, I'll go back to history since you like history in a second, but I want to tell you something much more recent and really interesting. And I think it's something maybe we can do for other people. This was just a few years ago. I was watching TV and kind of clicking up in the big channels. And there was a a documentary about Charlie Finley on one of the sports channels. And they were interviewing one of the baseball players that had worked with him. And he said, Mr. Finley could look you up and down and see your soul if he liked what he saw he'd go to bat for you. And I believe that's what he did for me. And that started so much. So the following summer, I went to my second Beatles press conference uh, in Toronto. And in between, I'm meeting all the other rock groups of the era, writing about them. And then in the third summer, I was to go to Chicago for their afternoon press conference. They actually had two there. But they canceled it because at the morning press conference, John Lennon made the now famous statement, the Beatles are more popular than Christ. And there was so much worry about backlash from churches that the press Mm. conference was not to happen. 
but I was there. I was 16 in Chicago with a day ahead of me. So I called my dad, who was kind of on the line about my rock group interviewing. Lots of times he didn't think it was a good idea, but then other times he was really proud of me. Well, this happened to be one of the proud days. So he managed to get to Chicago and we checked into the Beatles Hotel and I was waiting by the elevators for my dad to come down for dinner. And Mal Evans, one of the Beatles managers, came in, got in the elevator. And of course, I jumped in behind him and he said, what floor? And I said, well, I'm on 11, but I would rather be at 22. He said, well, I'm at 22. And I'm thinking, you really think I do not know this. So riding up in in uh, in this elevator, I'm telling him what I'm there for. And he said, oh, well, the boys are really tired. But if you could wait till tomorrow morning, you could get your interview. I knew that would never happen because I had to go visit my mother in Florida. My parents had a very contentious divorce. My dad would never let me miss a plane. And I had a red eye to catch that night. But I I told Malcolm that my dad and I were going to dinner downstairs. And he said, may I come with you? And it's sort of like, you're practically a beetle and you're saying, may I? So, (laughs) So we went to dinner and we spent the night talking until I had to leave for the airport around 1 a.m., And uh, Mal and I stayed in touch. And the next spring, I went to London and he took my dad and me to um, a club called Bag and Nails. And he said, there's someone I want you to meet. And he took me way through this dark, smoky club, way into the back. There's Paul McCartney. And he introduces us. And Paul says, hello, Vicky. (laughs) And I thought, this is the pinnacle of existence. This is the moment I die. (laughs) Yes. Then Paul orders drinks. He says, scotch and coke, three doubles. Now, I'm 17. (laughs) And I thought, now this could kill me, but I would die with a beetle. So it's probably okay. I like that attitude. So, um, you know, I I won't go into more because I know we want to talk about other things, but I will tell you kind of the end of the story with Malcolm and that we've stayed in touch for a while, kind of fell apart. And and he came to a a very bad end after after the Beatles broke up. He was very um, ungrounded and and just had lost his identity. So he he moved to the States and was evidently uh, taking some substances that were not helpful and he was actually shot by the Los Angeles police. Um, he had an air rifle and they thought it was a gun. So oh there is a, a gentleman at Monmouth University, um, Kenneth Womack, who is considered one of the two top authorities on the Beatles in the world. And he mm-hmm. is writing a biography of, of uh, Mal Evans based on Mal's diaries. So he interviewed me a few months ago and it was wow. it was just such a wonderful experience to really have validated you know my my teenage years <laughs> and how i spent yeah. them so I, I and you know also that night of meeting paul mccartney i remember thinking you know this writing thing this is how this all started this writing thing is going to take you places nothing else could 
So you ask how I started as a writer. That's how. That story is uh, absolutely amazing. And can I just like give you kudos on your boldness and your willingness just to speak up and to get into the front of the line, to jump in that elevator, to speak your truth, to say, I'm supposed to be in that room. Because how many times in our lives do we have that moment right in front of us and we shy away from it? So I'm just like, go, Victoria. Like, I'm so impressed. I love that story. I've just been watching um, 90210 reruns. I got the opportunity to be on the 9021 Oh My God podcast. So Aww. I'm re-watching old episodes of 90210. And you remind me, this story reminds me of one of my favorite characters, Andrea Zuckerberg, who would do anything for the story and wouldn't back down and went after what she wanted. And I just love that mentality. And I like to think that I try to be that way in the world as well. But what an absolute beautiful testament to the person that you are. I Aww. just love the story. <laughs> well, you're so kind. And I think we just have to be looking for those opportunities all the time. And we're going to take some that won't turn out to be life-changing opportunities, but they'll still be good stories. <laughs> they'll oh, still absolutely. be fun. I mean, now I wanted to go into some other things, but now I'm like, all right, should we talk about Oprah? Like you've been on Oprah, <laughs> you met the Beatles. Like, who are you? Like, who am I speaking with right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, the Oprah thing was, was another, you know, like um, iconic, uh, touching greatness kind, kind of moment. So I write books about veganism, as you know, Main Street Vegan uh, being the best known one. I also wrote, I think, the first book on vegan philosophy and practice to come from an actual publisher called Compassion, the Ultimate Ethic. It came out in 1985 uh, wow. and out, out of print from the publisher, but the American Vegan Society still has a, a version that they publish and, and sell. But I've also written a lot of self-help books, uh, spirituality, um, books about women's uh, empowerment and, and just, you know, feeling comfortable and in your skin and that kind of thing. The biggest one was called Creating a Charmed Life and quite a few others. So in that profession, at the time, and we're talking the, the 1990s, you had to be on Oprah. It was just like, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to medical school. <laughs> you know, there's no getting around it. And when I was dating my, my current husband, he, he said, I mean, this thing you have about Oprah, don't, don't you think it's, it's a bit excessive? And it's like, no, no, you don't understand. It's necessary. So yes. when we were engaged and our, our wedding was set, the call came from the Oprah people. Are you going to be around on Tuesday? I said, oh, my God. Okay. oh well, we're getting married on Saturday. Oh, my and God. And the producer said, well, I hope you aren't planning to take a honeymoon. I said, well, we were. She said, but we're not now. <laughs> she said it wouldn't be a good idea. So we canceled it and we just stayed home. And when they didn't call on Friday, it was unfortunate, but they did call on Monday and the producer was wow. saying, so, how was the so wedding? So hold on. You had to, you, let me back up. Okay. So you were like, all right. 
I'm waiting for this call from Oprah and I'm about to get married. Yes. Two major life achievements, accomplishments, goals, whatever you want to call it. Yes. So you're waiting. The call doesn't come on Friday, but you still have to get married and live your most joyful <laughs> moments over the weekend without knowing after you canceled your honeymoon, without knowing if you were going to be on Oprah or not. This is the situation. I'm just trying to paint the picture. Here. Yes, that, that's the situation. Oh, so um, on Monday... She called, how was the wedding? What was your dress like? And what was the food? And you're like, cut the chit What kind of flowers? And I thought, you know, when she got to the flowers, I knew it was bad. And she oh, no. said, the episode has gone in a different direction. Oh. So that was agonizing. But, you know, I had to go on with my life. So the book that we had been talking about was a book about making your home nurture your spirit. It's called shelter for the spirit Mm -hmm. and a year passes and there's another book. In fact, it was more than a year. It was, uh, um, it was two years and creating a charmed life was out and it was doing extremely well. In fact, that's been my best selling book of all time. It's sold uh, nearly 200,000 North American and, the foreign rights to 32 countries. So it, you know, wow. it had its day in the sun and that was starting. I, I was on tour with it when the call came again <laughs> and they said, okay, we, we want you with shelter for the spirit. And I said, oh, oh no, you don't understand. The new book is creating a charmed life. And she says, we want shelter for the spirit. And I could <laughs> hear that the, the, underlying message there was don't you know that authors are a dime a dozen and we've got 50 of them outside the door right now <laughs> so i'm mm-hmm. like okay so they used take to take what you can get <laughs> exactly so they used to do these segments called remembering your spirit and they would come to you and so they sent the crew to my house in Kansas City they filmed for 9 hours uh, to get this really beautiful little um, three-minute segment. And Oprah said at the end of it, that's beautiful. Isn't that just beautiful? And that was very cool, although it wasn't what I wanted, which was to go to Chicago, you know, and be in her aura. But it yeah. was something. You know, it was kind of like getting a degree from Harvard. Once an author, certainly an author of nonfiction, um, could say, I've been on Oprah, you know, it's like doors open. So it's a stamp of approval. It's a stamp of approval. Then fast forward another uh, couple of years, I have moved to New York City, and uh, the next book (laughs) is newly out (laughs) called Lit from Within, uh, which is about bringing out your inner beauty. And I got calls from two different producers. It seems that they had found the book both from the the publisher's publicist and the freelance publicist. And we just decided to let them both work it because if two of them were pushing the same thing, the chances were better. And it was something like a four day wait. Somebody came over and feng shui'd my apartment and people came Uh over and did a meditation. And then my beautiful friend Rose asked her, her mother, Marie, who passed away recently, God bless Marie, if she would have a novena said uh, that I would get on Oprah and she did. And sure enough, I did. And I got to go to Chicago and they were doing a a segment about um, taking away the makeup 
from three women. And then the guests were to, to weigh in on beauty and stuff like that. So um, those were two amazing experiences. My impression of Oprah is that she has the best boundaries of anybody on earth. She was friendly. She was funny. She was delightful. But she also had, it was like a wall of protection around her that you just would not breach. And that mm-hmm. was such a good lesson. I, I, I've seen that a couple of times. I, I saw it once, um, Lauren Bacall, I saw her in the Oak Bar of the Plaza Hotel. And she had that same kind of invisible wall. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have gone up to that woman and asked for an autograph or said, oh my gosh, I loved you and whatever, blah, blah. They just would not have done it because that wall was as real as if it had been made out of stone. So that was a really interesting lesson, you know, how you can be out in the world and still sustain yourself, maintain yourself, protect yourself. Yeah. So cool experience. Hills Nation, I'm getting some sun here in Mexico. It is beautiful, but I am missing my Sambucol because I couldn't bring it on the plane because it's liquid. Thank goodness for the gummies. I like when a company has lots of options for me, like powders and gummies and all of the things, because sometimes you can't take the liquids on the plane. So this episode of Food Heals is sponsored by Sambucol. And if you've been listening recently, you know that I started taking the Sambucol Black Elderberry Syrup in the morning to help support my immune system so I can keep up with my day. I had a lot of prep work in order to take this trip before I went to Dallas, Mexico, and then Asheville. I mean, I was working I swear to God, like 24-7, so I can get, I need as much support as I can get. And it's just a simple act of self-care that I can do without much effort. So easy to take daily because I can add the syrup to my favorite foods and drinks, to my smoothies, to my coffees. You can put it, you know, drizzle it over yogurt, over overnight oats, over really anything. Probably ice cream if you wanted, right? Nice cream, some vegan ice cream. So what is Sambucol? Sambucol is made from premium Europe black elderberries, which are natural sources of powerful antioxidants and key vitamins like A, C, and E. These are nature's superberries that help support a healthy immune system. And Sambucol has a lot of different ways to get your daily dose of black elderberry, like their gummies, their chewable tablets, their drink powders, their capsules, and more. All of the products are vegan except the throat lozenges, which contain honey. But you know, they're gluten-free, they're dairy-free, they're nut-free, they're soy-free, there's no artificial colors or flavors. If you're a traveler like me, I recommend the capsules or the gummies. If you're at home, I definitely recommend the syrup because it's pretty delicious. It it tastes really good and you can mix it with a lot of stuff. And don't worry, moms and dads, they have products for kids and babies too. Food Heals Nation, you can get 15% off your next order of $9.99 or more at sambucolusa.com by using my promo code foodheals 15 at checkout. And of course, while you're there on the website, check out the blog to see all of the amazing recipes you can make with the Sambucol syrup. There's way more than I just listed today. You can make simple smoothies. You can make mocktails. You can probably make cocktails too. You can make healthy vegan baked goods. So use my code foodheals15 to get 15% off your order of $9.99 or more. 
Food Heals Nation, do we need to talk about your garden? Since 1974, True Leaf Market has been the choice of over a million growers for heirloom and organic garden seeds. So it turns out the end of the gardening season is upon us. So that means it's actually the ideal time to rehab that garden soil by growing a cover crop. So cover crops have been used in agriculture for thousands of years as a way to naturally and sustainably improve the quality of your soil. But many gardeners don't even realize that they can grow cover crops and get the same benefits as the large big farms. So what do cover crops do? They add organic biomass to the soil, which keeps the soil bacteria healthy, adds nutrients, attracts pollinators and beneficial insects, improves the soil structure and prevents erosion, and it does so much more. Cover crops can be grown in backyard gardens, raised beds, and even container gardens. So I know what you want to know. How much? Well, cover crop seeds are incredibly inexpensive. Actually, under $25 for most backyard gardens, and that includes shipping. Growing cover crops is actually skyrocketing in popularity with home growers, home gardeners, and is the biggest bang for your buck in terms of improving the health of your garden soil. So all you have to do is simply plant at the end of the garden season and let winter kill or terminate the crop. Mother Nature will do the rest. Get a free PDF beginner's guide to growing cover crops at trueleafmarket.com and search cover crop guide. Order online right now at trueleafmarket.com and use my discount code for Food Heals Nation, FH15, that's FH as in Food Heals, to save 15% off your cover crop seeds. Some restrictions may apply. It expires at the end of December in 2022. So get your cover crop seeds right now at trueleafmarket.com, promo code FH15 to save 15% off. Who else wants a free, fresh bottle of olive oil shipped straight to their door? Let me back up. The first time I went to Italy, I finally tasted real olive oil for the first time. It's not that I had never had olive oil before, of course, in the States, but the difference was I was having olive oil made fresh from olives that were growing on the property in Rivello off the Amalfi Coast. It was an experience I will never forget, and I ended up shipping like six bottles of it home because I couldn't bear to go back to store-bought processed olive oil. Well, the same thing happened to TJ Robinson. He's also known as the olive oil hunter. He learned that olive oil packs the most flavor and the healthiest nutrients when it's fresh from the farm. And that's the problem with your typical like supermarket olive oil. The olive oil is not fresh. They can sit on the shelf for months, years, growing stale. And that's why I'm so excited that I now get my olive oil direct from small award-winning farms. Thanks to TJ, who I just did an olive oil tasting with, which was so fun. I absolutely fell in love with their vibrant, fresh, grassy flavors. They're totally delicious. They're great on veggies, pasta, salad, you name it. And TJ has his fresh-pressed olive oil club and food heals nation he will send you a full-size bottle worth 39 dollars of one of the world's finest most artisanal olive oils fresh from the latest harvest but he's only going to charge you one dollar to help cover shipping there's no commitment to buy anything now or ever it's his gift to food heals nation so you can get your free 39 dollar bottle for just one dollar shipping taste the difference taste the freshness you can go to get fresh 323.com. That's getfresh, 
323.com. You'll get your free bottle and you'll pay $1 for shipping. Getfresh323.com. I would love to go back to something you said, because I think it's interesting. Um, you said that a friend of yours wanted to do a novena, which is a Catholic prayer. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because to me, I'm thinking, oh, she manifested this. But can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I love this stuff. I love hearing how different people do things and bring things into their life with intention. Yes. Um, my understanding is, because I, I'm not Catholic, is that a novena is a special mass said for a special purpose uh, for someone who is ill or someone who has uh, a need or I guess in this case, a strong desire. I think novenas are also said uh, for people who who pass away. I'm not positive about that. And I, I think the way it works is that someone requests this special mass and I'm sure uh, makes a donation to the church and um, I felt that that was a very special part of what happened. And this is interesting because I think a lot of, of your uh, listeners really love animals. So yeah. a couple of weeks ago, uh, my little dog Forbes passed away. And this was just yeah, a I'm few so days after Marie, the lovely woman who had I always say who had gotten me on Oprah uh, had, yeah. had oh, wow. passed away. And and my friend, her daughter, said, you know, before she died, she was so wanting a dog. And so let's just see if Forbes can be her dog in heaven. Oh. And I don't know how things work <laughs> on the other <laughs> side of life, but I love the idea that this wonderful woman who cared so much about me and she barely knew me uh, to, to do that for me so long ago would be there to meet Forbes. It, it gives life a, a sweetness um, that I appreciate. I love that. And as soon as you said it, I got massive chills. So I think that tells us something it, right there. Yeah, so you, you got the, the, Body does not lie. Right, right. Oh, that's so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. And um, I love all the stories that you've shared so far. Uh, for Food Heals, we typically talk about how did you become the person you are in terms of your food choices. So I'd love to hear, you know, you've written all these vegan books. You are building a vegan empire. You've built a vegan empire, I should say. Um, why? plant-based. <laughs> What's the reason? And 38 years, right? Yeah. Maybe more now. Yeah, it'll, it'll be uh, 39 in November. Wow. I had a terrible relationship with food as a young person. I was always overweight. My dad was a diet doctor and my mom with my dad opened what they called a reducing salon, which was kind of the precursor to health clubs. And you've seen the old commercials from the 50s and, and the silly films. And you see the women being uh, like pummeled by uh, machines and various rollers. And <laughs> Wait, what? I'm sorry. I, I don't know what this is. Okay. A diet doctor. And then they have clinics that people go to and they... They okay. Destroy them. Like, okay. Tell me well, there are, there are more history. <laughs> you know, we used to call them diet doctors. Okay. Um, th there is now an actual medical specialty called bariatrics, which works with okay. obesity. And of course, now they okay. would be doing more um, 
the bypass surgeries and, and that sort of thing. In, in my dad's day, it was pretty much dietary guidance and diet pills. Uh, okay. And he, he was actually an ear, nose, and throat, but he kind of grew into that diet doctor thing because it was very lucrative. And he was very interested in it. He and my mom had both been chubby as uh, children and teenagers, and they, they got over that by sheer willpower, both of them. So it was, wow. it was really a moral issue not, not to be fat in their eyes. And I was fat okay. because, you know, <laughs> I, I liked food. I, I liked reading and thinking and pondering and writing. I certainly didn't like going out and exercising and breaking a sweat. And this was long before anything like body positivity or you're fine the way you are. And, you know, even if you want to change it, you accept yourself first before you set about to change yourself. There was none of that accepting stuff. It was just like, oh, you're not right. You got to fix it. So I yeah, would, even when I was growing up, we still had that. It was probably the end of that era, yeah. but it was like, if you're not skinny, you're not worthy. And that's what we learned about that ourselves. That is exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And of course, in, in my case, I was also bad for business. So it was, it was <laughs> you know, pre- pretty awful, really. And I always said that when I got old enough to refuse my parents' diets, I would never go on another one. But of course, what happened, I got old enough right around puberty when I put myself on diets because I thought I was wrong uh, and and looked wrong and, and couldn't be presentable in the world and all that. So that was my history. And that escalated into becoming a compulsive overeater, a a food addict. I wasn't just somebody who liked food, and I wasn't somebody who every now and then ate for emotional reasons. I was somebody who had eaten for emotional reasons for so long that it became an addiction, and I could not stop. So uh, long story short, my daughter was born in 1983, I wanted so much to raise her vegan, but I knew I had to be vegan. I I had tried for ever since I had gone vegetarian, which was 12 years prior to be vegan. And there were times I'd do it for a period of time, but then the the binge mentality would would come back and I, I couldn't handle it. Or after the binge, I would go to what everybody said you had to do at that time. And what some people are still saying, um, high protein, and and low carb and all that. So I was basically a mess, but I wanted to be a good mother. And Can I ask you a quick question sure. before you continue? Yeah. What was it at that time? Because I don't feel like veganism and even vegetarian was that popular back then. I could be wrong, but what was it that propelled you into that particular diet uh, before uh, having your daughter? Yeah. Well, I had wanted to be vegetarian for the animals uh, as early as age... 13. Um, But I just didn't know how to eat and got really hungry. And then at 17, I discovered yoga. And Mm -hmm. all the yoga books that were available at that time, and there weren't many of them, said, if you're going to be serious about yoga, you have to be vegetarian. So I hadn't even heard of vegan uh, at that time. But I did go vegetarian at 19. And when I heard about veganism, I think I was 21, it made perfect sense. I just had not been able to do it. 
So, sure. uh, and, and I was, I was very heavy as a vegetarian, got to my, my highest weight as a vegetarian. I'd lost a little bit of it by the time I had my daughter. So I looked at her and I wanted two things. Number one, I wanted her not to be raised by an addict. And we weren't talking about food addiction then, but mm-hmm. I knew it was an addiction. And yeah. then I also wanted her to be vegan because I just knew that that was the way of love and, and fulfillment and certainly the way of the future. And in that moment, I knew that I needed to get myself to Overeaters Anonymous, which I had gone to off and on for years, but really, really go and really dedicate myself and do everything they told me. And once I had a grasp that by changing from the inside out, and and OA, if anybody's unfamiliar, it's a spiritual program. It's like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. It's not about the food. They don't tell you what to eat. They tell you what to do from the inside out. And once so, I, would it be like go back to childhood wounds and heal your issues, that type of thing? No, give me no, a little bit much more, more okay, spiritual than that. It. It's the twelve okay. steps. So the first okay. step is admitting personal powerlessness over the addiction. The second okay. step is coming to believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. And wow. then the third step is turning your will and your life over to the care of whatever higher power you can envision and it doesn't have to be a divine kind of figure it could be the power of the group it could be whatever works for you and i think this is why aa has had such great success for so many years because it's very open you know what you know what works for you is what's going to work and then there are a whole series of cleanup steps where you go back and and you really take responsibility for your own life it's, it's not so much, oh, this was done to me. It's like, I have this resentment and I'm carrying it. And I may have the resentment because of what was done to me. But what is harming me today is that I'm carrying this resentment. So you deal with all that stuff. And then they have uh, what you call the, uh, like the, the first three steps, they call the giving up steps. And the next bunch are the growing up steps. That's where you make amends. A lot of people are familiar with, with that one. And then the last three are that you um, continue to take personal inventory and just own up to when you get off course. And then there's prayer and meditation. And then there is carrying the message to those who suffer with your particular affliction and to right. practice these principles in all affairs. And it, it's it's basically spirituality uh, coalesced. It's like the, the essence of any, whether you're talking about Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, pretty much the 12 steps bring it all together, you know, with, without the complications of, you know, Who's, who's the best spiritual teacher and how many times do you live and stuff like that, but just the basic essence of how to live successfully in this life. So mm-hmm. I did that. And once I did, once I knew that I had a choice about what I ate, I never thought before. I, I always, I was either 
forced into what I ate because of this uncontrollable urge to binge, or I felt that I was forced into some kind of diet and because society wanted me to look a certain way. The idea that I could just choose was brand new and quite wonderful. Now, when I chose vegan, I was very happy about that. I knew it was right for me, but I also thought I would never lose a pound and I would probably gain weight because of all those carbs. But what actually happened was the rest of the weight, over 50 pounds, I'd been somewhere over 60 pounds overweight when I stopped weighing. But, you know, by then I had about 50 more to lose. And it just fell off over the course of a year. It it, it was very, very easy. I, I, I was eating whole foods, of course. At that time, it was really easy to be a whole foods vegan because there weren't right, a lot not of not so much processed options things. that we have today. And I also, uh, which something that was suggested in OA in those days, I don't think it is much now, but at, at that time, there was a, a, a strong suggestion for those who were able to do it and wanted to do it of eating three meals a day. And that has made such a difference in my life because as a food addict, it's not so much about starting to eat, it's about stopping. And when you only start three times a day, you only have to stop three times a day. And I also learned, and I write about this extensively in one of my books called The Love Powered Diet, Eating for Freedom, Health, and Joy. If anybody has issues with overeating, overweight, or just you know food weirdness, I just highly, highly recommend The Love Powered Diet. But anyway, I talk about in there how when you start eating three meals a day and you're working on your inner self and all that, that time in between meals is when you learn how to live. And I don't believe anybody can make it all the way to full-fledged addict if they truly know how to live. And so it was in those times between breakfast and lunch, between lunch and dinner, between dinner and bedtime that I learned how to live, that I learned how to sit with my feelings, when I learned that a craving would not hurt me and would in fact go away, this was all new information to me. I thought that, you know, if I craved a Snickers bar, I I, I would die if I didn't get it. And I learned, (laughs) oh, not so. And it's been, so the veganism and the end of uh, binge eating came at the very same time, November 1983, and a day at a time ever since, it's been truly a life beyond my wildest dreams. I didn't know that I would live um, into my later years because I was pre-diabetic and my family had lots of heart disease, uh, cholesterol, uh, hypertension, uh, strokes, all those kinds of things. So the future didn't look really bright for me until this change from the inside and uh, choosing choosing a kind and beautiful way to eat.
All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here with Tina from Just Thrive Health, and we're always talking about the importance of probiotics and healing the gut naturally, and one of the most important things that you can take on a regular basis is the spore-based probiotic, and not only for yourself, but for your pets as well. So Tina, tell me a little bit about why it's so important to take a spore-based probiotic and how we can help our furry friends at the same time. Yeah, so the spore-based probiotic is a very unique, is a totally new category of probiotic supplements, and they have this endospore shell around themselves that allows them to survive and get to the intestines alive. And this is why they're so effective and why people are having such great results on the probiotic. It is by far our most popular product. Um, it was our flagship product, and it has we have extensively studied the product. We have a double-blind human clinical trial on it for leaky gut. Um, we have nine other human clinical trials on the product. It is so studied and um, so effective for people. So um, we see people, I, I always say to people that it doesn't matter if you have digestive issues or not. We know the gut is responsible for virtually every aspect of our overall health. So we would definitely recommend that foundationally, the number one supplement you should be taking is a spore-based probiotic because it will help everything else you're doing work that much better. It will help absorb nutrients that you're taking. It will help absorb the nutrients from supplements that you're taking so much better if your gut is healthy and diverse and, um, and the spore-based probiotics really help with that. Um, and then as far as our furry friends, we um, have found out that dogs are suffering from leaky gut as well, um, almost at a higher rate than even humans are because we know that Roundup, which is the um, at glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, is sprayed all over um, the parks and, you know, the lawns that the dogs are playing in all the time. And mm -hmm. they have leaky guts as well. And we did a study on uh, dogs with leaky gut. And found that um, the strains that used are used in our Just Pro Pets product are actually um, also helping with that intestinal permeability or the leakiness of the gut for the dogs also. So definitely want to support our dogs. And um, they're unfortunately faced with a lot of the same human diseases these days um, because we're, we're kind of corrupting them in the world that we live in. There's so many offenders to gut health, both for, both for humans and for dogs. And so we just want to make sure we're combating that on a daily basis. Well, I love it. I'm a fan. I am taking my Just Thrive Health spore-based probiotics every day. And Lily is taking her Just Thrive for pet probiotics as well. So thank you so much for breaking that down for us today, Tina. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Allison. Food Heals Nation, go get your spore-based probiotics at justthrivehealth.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS15 and you'll save 15% off. All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here with May Steigler, CEO of Organifi, who's passionate about redefining personal well-being, here to give us all the goods on where to get started when it comes to Organifi products, especially if we're new, we're just dipping our toes into wellness, into supplements. May, I would love to hear, where could someone just get started without feeling the overwhelm? <laughs> Yes, I love this. And one of my favorite spots to begin is typically a product that focuses on a routine, um, kind of a more ritual focused product. So I really enjoy and would recommend starting with our green juice in the morning and gold at night. And this is kind of our AMPM kit, really importantly focused on hormone balancing, better energy, better sleep being able to naturally detox during the day. And it's a great way to start uh, in the morning with 
our green juice that has 600 milligrams of ashwagandha, a really powerful adaptogen for detoxing and balancing stress levels in the body. So a really great way to begin your day. And you kind of balance that out and support sleep holistically in the evening with being able to take gold after dinner. Let's say it's our um, turmeric evening, like really nourishing evening tea that uh, really supports rest and relaxation. And so that combination is a really great place to start an awesome starter kit and a great way to support hormone balancing and feeling the benefits of adaptogens and superfoods in your diet. Well, I can't live without those. And I swear by falling asleep to my Organifi gold and you even have the chocolate gold. So don't get me started on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So tasty. So tasty. All right, Food Heals Nation. Well, go get your gold on, go get your greens on, go to OrganifiShop.com slash Food Heals and save 20% off your order. Thanks, May. Thank you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, it's such a beautiful story. And, you know, I've done over 300 something episodes of this show and, you know, maybe 70% of them have a story of someone going plant-based, going vegan, losing the weight and finding themselves and really getting in touch with their own bodies and their own feelings and their compassion towards others and animals and all of that. So, This story is beautiful, but it's not unique because there are so many of us who have gone on this journey in our own ways, whether we had a problem with overeating or diabetes or some people cancer, you know, all of these things. And then there's so much love and joy and life on the other side. So I just encourage anyone listening just to definitely check out these books that you have, Victoria, and um, reach out to you on social media and get in touch. There's so many ways that you can work with you, right, Victoria? You've got the Main Street Vegan Academy, and you've got so many amazing things going on. You've got the Main Street Vegan Podcast. And tell me about the Victoria Moran podcast, Meetings with Remarkable Women. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm so excited about that. We actually did 475 episodes of Main Street Vegan as a radio podcast hybrid. And then the the radio network um, decided to close and I needed a break. So that's archival, Main Street Vegan. All those episodes are still there. But what I'm going to be starting on September 1st, actually, is, is what you said, the Victoria Moran podcast. And it's it's all going to be women. And some people that scared them, like, but what if a man does something amazing? Well, men do amazing things every day. But on my podcast, I'm going to have remarkable women. So <laughs> you can send the men to me because I'll have both. That'd be great. <laughs> so we're starting September 1st with Agape Stasinopoulos, who is um, Ariana Huffington's sister, but she's also very much an amazing spiritual author in her own right. And we're going to be talking about um, her new book, which is called Speaking with the Spirit. 
and she's just delightful and, and amazing. And other people that I have coming up, um, Barbara Bijou is an expert on ritual in daily life. Uh, Jamie Logan is an animal rights activist. And one of the things she does is the lingerie protest. So she and other mm-hmm. young women go out on the streets of, of New York City looking a little bit like the Victoria's Secret fashion show, but it's to draw attention to, to animal issues. And then I want to have this wonderful woman called Jacqueline Whitmore, who is an etiquette expert. And as I look around the world and I see that people can't talk to one another and and people can't communicate and families can't sit down to dinner because of political differences. And, And many of us who are vegan know that it's very difficult for us to be with our family because it makes them uncomfortable that, you know, what we're eating. I mean, the whole, it's just so difficult. But why does it have to be difficult? And maybe if we could learn some of these basic um, tools of what we used to call good manners, it might help. It might help in Congress. It might help (laughs) on Thanksgiving. So so these are some of the things that we're going to be doing. I'm very excited. Thank you for asking. Yes. Well, it sounds like if you like this show, Food Heals, that you're going to like the Victoria Moran podcast meetings with remarkable women. And um, I would love to ask you to your point about, you know, when people have judgments about the things we eat, I found this coming up a lot over the past really recent few years, because as the plant-based movement becomes more mainstream, what's also happening, which is a good thing, is many more products are coming onto the market that are vegan plant-based versions of our favorite foods like meats and cheeses and everything like that. But what's happening on the other side is people are coming at me with their argument, well, that is processed garbage, blah, blah, blah. And my argument back is always, you're right, it is a processed food, but I would rather eat it than an animal, but it's not a staple of my diet. So I would love to hear a little bit about your food philosophy, because You can be a vegan and eat Oreos. Like you said, when you're a vegetarian, you are still heavy. So it's not even like the words vegan and vegetarian actually don't cover it. It's more what I eat and I believe what you eat is whole foods plant-based, which you mentioned earlier. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your daily diet. What are some of the things you incorporate and what is your opinion on all of the plant-based substitutes that are flooding the market right (laughs) now? Well, I would say that my diet is whole foods plant exclusive. Uh, I've always had a little bit of a problem with plant-based because it doesn't really say anything. I've heard people say they're plant-based when, (laughs) you know, I like, we had a debate with uh, Dr. Garth Davis and and another bariatric surgeon who is very much of the high protein uh, kind of keto philosophy. But by the end of the call, this other doctor was saying, well, I'm, I'm basically plant-based. Uh, you know, it can mean vegan till five is plant-based, flexitarian is plant-based. I know Dr. Joel Furman says the standard American diet is plant-based because the majority of calories come from plants, very highly processed plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I usually say when I'm talking about the food, whole food, vegan. So, Yeah, I appreciate whole foods, and I actually prefer them. Now, that doesn't mean that I never have anything else. And 
certainly when I'm traveling or out, that's what's available. But even then, I really prefer whole foods. So a very recent example was just a few days ago, I, I went to a burger place with my husband and he loves to go there and get a great big old impossible burger and the fries. <laughs> and <laughs> I thought I was just going to go there and have an iced tea because I personally don't care for impossible burgers. If I'm out, I'll eat a Beyond Burger if that's what they have, but you know, not, not my favorite. So, and I was looking at the menu and saying, well, William, you didn't tell me they have all this other vegan stuff. So I, I, you know, chili and they had a chicken sandwich that was vegan. And then as I read more, the chicken sandwich was all fried. I think it was some kind of nuggets or something. And that just didn't appeal Mm -hmm. to me. So I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have the chili. And then he said, well, now it's not a bowl of chili. It's chili cheese fries. And I thought, well, I don't eat fries and I'll eat some good vegan cheese like uh, Miyoko's or, or Tree Line oh. or Kite Hill, but I don't like that kind that's made out of artificiality. I don't like canola oil. I don't like coconut oil. And so um, I ended up with broccoli <laughs> and it was really good broccoli. But I think this is what a lot of people, they're so confused. It's like, so the vegans are either going to have fries and, and phony cheese and stuff that, you know, is, is not highly nutritious. Although if you're already eating fries and cow cheese, it's just fine. You know, it's, it's a lateral right. move. <laughs> or the poor vegan is sitting there having broccoli. Well, the way I look at it is, I would never have gone to that restaurant on my own. I didn't have broccoli for lunch because there was nothing else I could eat anywhere. It was because I wanted to be with my husband. I could have gone Mm -hmm. two blocks and had a fabulous vegan feast, Whole Foods. But, you know, I wanted to be with him. So I ate broccoli. And then I went out and had a chai tea for dessert. Chai tea is my favorite thing and and my indulgence. And so, you know, it was all fine. So basically what I eat is real food. I eat um, smoothies, breakfast we're talking, smoothies, or oftentimes I'll do an Ayurvedic chocolate shake, bananas, dates, um, lots of spices, those wonderful antioxidant kind of of wintertime spices, nutmeg, um, mace, cinnamon, uh, cardamom. or, you know, oatmeal. We all have oatmeal and put lots of stuff in it. Um, and I eat great big salads, especially in the summer. I have kitchari often, which is a, a wonderful healing Ayurvedic kind of Sioux or stoop, soup, <laughs> depending on how you make it. Sioux or stoop. That's a good tongue twister. <laughs> um, which is, is basically a split mung beans, um, some sort of, of grain vegetables and again all those amazing spices but this time the indian spices with you know uh, ginger and um and and things of of that nature i also love just soup and some really good bread um so it's simple and one thing i find is i'm not crazy about cooking anymore i used to 
consider cooking a very creative activity and I really loved it, but I've done it for a long time and I'm just not very interested anymore. So my diet is simple and I'm really happy with that because that gives me more time to do other things. And the great thing about being under this fabulous vegan umbrella is you can be wherever under that umbrella you want to be and you can move from place to place. So I came up with a concept. In fact, I I wrote a a blog post about this that you can find at uh, MainStreetVegan.com. It's called Food Styles. And I believe that before we look at becoming vegan, we have a food style. Maybe we're hipsters. Maybe we just want to eat what's cool at the moment. Or maybe we're traditionalists and we want to eat very much the way that we ate growing up or what we consider is sophisticated and and, uh, fitting our station in life. Maybe we are health people and whether we're vegan or not, we're really trying to eat in the healthiest way we know how. Maybe we're back to nature people. So this could be in the vegan world, you're growing sprouts, you're making your own bread. In the omnivore world, this could be people who hunt because they think that that's a healthier, better way to get meat. So wherever people are in their food style, if we can approach them for veganism from whatever food style they already have, then they don't have to change their style. They only have to change their choices within that style. So I think that's a concept that we should have had years ago. Beautiful. I think that's another book coming. (laughs) I see it in your future. (laughs) All right, Victoria. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on Food Heals. You are on all the socials at Victoria Moran Author and at Main Street Vegan. So make sure to follow her there, Food Heals Nation. And last but not least, We talked about this on an episode of Ask Allie that aired recently, but one more time in case they missed it, tell me all about the Main Street Vegan Academy. Oh, thank you for asking. Main Street Vegan Academy was founded in 2012 after I wrote the book Main Street Vegan, and it trains vegan lifestyle coaches, educators, and entrepreneurs it is BVEG certified. The certification is VLCE, Vegan Lifestyle Coach and Educator. It is 100% live on Twitter. Now we do record if you have to miss a class or, or miss a day, but it's a live interactive experience. So you're not only working with me, but with a whole host of vegan luminaries. So what we do is create people who are experts on every aspect of the vegan lifestyle, how to communicate that lifestyle to others, whether you're going to be coaching, counseling, consulting, podcasting, writing, or starting a business. And our graduates have all kinds of businesses, uh, bed and breakfast, co-working space, bakery, food trucks, cafes, cowboy boot, vegan cowboy boots, uh, Kat Mendenhall in in Dallas. We have cheese and yogurt companies. We have just all kinds of amazing businesses. But whatever our graduates do, they have this background of being experts in veganism. And we also give them a nice jump start in vegan business and being a solo 
entrepreneur. So some of our uh, faculty includes uh, Stephanie Redcross West of Vegan Mainstream, Chef Fran Costigan, author of Vegan Chocolate, fashion designer uh, Joshua uh, Catcher, um, Dr. Milton Mills, MD, Dr. Joel Kahn, MD, uh, Marty Davey, registered dietitian, um, the Our Hen House uh, women, Jasmine Singer, and uh, Marianne Sullivan, who is a, a professor of animal law. So we've got it all covered. The nutrition and health classes are whole food, plant-based, and it's thrilling. The things that people say to me afterwards are things like, well, you should charge more. That's one thing they say. Or other than having my children, this is the best thing I've ever done. So you can wow. find out all about that at MainStreetVegan.com. And I will even give your wonderful listeners a discount code, a 20% off on tuition for our upcoming October course. And that code Ooh. is KINDNESS20. Oh, thank you. And make sure, Food Heals Nation, that you say that you heard about it from Allison Melody at Food Heals. So Victoria knows that you are a friend of the show. And Victoria, thank you for that discount. That's awesome. 20% off using the code KINDNESS20. Thank you. Yeah, capital K. Capital K for kindness, which it deserves. Oh, <laughs> good to know. Capital K for kindness, because this is the kind life, as Alicia Silverstone would say. Um, Victoria, thank you so much for being here. Everything is over at MainStreetVegan.net. Anything else I forgot to ask you that you want to leave us with, let me know. Oh, I, I, nothing to ask, but just something to say. You are absolutely delightful. I, I think you're one of the best interviewers I've ever had since Oprah. Oh my God. <laughs> I am flattered. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. I feel like I interrupted you a couple of times, but it was only because I wanted just to make sure that I got the full picture of what you were saying. So I apologize for that. But I had a blast asking you those questions and interviewing you. I feel like you're my kindred spirit. And I think I'm your daughter's age. So we'd probably be besties. So we'll all have to meet in person one day. That would be amazing. Thank you so much, Allie. Yes. So nice meeting you and talking to you again, Victoria. I will see you soon. All the best. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately.